Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you are, this is the Interpreter's Workshop Podcast. I'm Tim Curry, your host. Here we talk everything sign language interpreting. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the sideways of interpreting. If you're a student, a new interpreter, experienced interpreter, this is the place for you. If you want to know more, go to interpretersworkshop.com. Let's start talking interpreting. And now, the quote of the day. Today, I have two quotes. The first one, from the Japanese book, Jinshin Talks. A flower does not think of competing to the flower next to it. It just blooms. The second quote is by that fantastical children's author, Dr. Seuss. You are you. Now isn't that pleasant? Today we have our last conversation with Joni Bice. She shares with us some points about how to deal with students of interpreting, how we can improve ourselves as an interpreter, and a little bit more about the history of the development of the U.S. sign language interpreting profession. And if you stay tuned to the very end, you will hear an outtake that I've never done before in a podcast. Let's get started. Because you were teaching many students over the years, and many of them did continue on and become interpreters, like me, what did it feel like the first few times when you realized you were working with or teaming with former students? It's really exciting. And, and I, I hoped when that happened that they would be okay with it. Yeah. I think I was concerned that they'd be going, oh, great. Now she's going to be taking notes. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. We're just, we're just working together. And it was, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing to get to do that. Yeah. You know, and to, to remember from where we come, you know, it's just yeah. really exciting. Some of the most fun I've had was with you. Oh, those times that we worked together. It was so fun. I enjoyed it so much. I agree. Sometimes we actually worked instead of laughing. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many funny things. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. And language is so funny. And sometimes people don't realize what they've said. It's just. They don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a pretty exciting thing to be able to work with people you taught. It's pretty neat. Were you ever disappointed? No names. No, no names. Um, a couple of times. There've been there've been times that this is going to sound really picky, but you know me. I just I think that we should wear the uniform. Yeah. Do the do the things, you know, and so if somebody doesn't do that, I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you can dress the part. You can act the part. Mm -hmm. You know better. I taught you better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's very rare. Very rare. Yeah. After teaming with a former student, did you ever come back to the school and say, hmm, we need to change this and this and this? <laughs> in how we teach. Did you ever think of that? 
No, I don't think so. That's a good thing. You know, there is that thing that you you hope that they do well and do right because it does reflect on you and the program yeah. in some ways. What would you tell interpreters today to stop doing or even perhaps start doing that you see a lack of? Interesting, you know, the, to stop doing. One of the things that came to mind was um, Sharon Newman Solo, an old, old video that you had to watch. We made everybody watch it. She mentions not comparing yourself to others. Mm-hmm. She said, comparing is to pretend that you're just pieces. Mm. And I really like that a lot. I think that that it's difficult, probably in any field, but I think in our field in particular, what we do is so out there. It's so visible and it's physical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just that we wrote something and turned that in, but it's us, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's who we are physically, mentally, emotionally. And if we try to compare our work with someone else's, it is detrimental most of the time because we typically compare in a way that's, well, that was so much better than what I can do. Mm-hmm. We can't do that because we're not the same. We're not in the same areas all the time we're not in the you just can't do that i think that 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 would be one thing yeah don't compare and then don't don't give up learning don't ever don't ever think that you've arrived you know yeah because there's always there's always more to go yeah and that's probably true in all fields but yeah don't ever don't ever quit yeah Growing, learning. Mm-hmm. You can quit if you want to, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but don't quit growing. Yeah, and learning because the field deserves to have the best. Those deaf clients, the hearing clients, they all deserve to have the best. Mm-hmm. So we need to keep keep at it. Yeah. So you can quit. You just can't quit learning. Right. Hmm. Which goes back to the difficulty of experienced interpreters finding something. The fact that we're only looking at what's available rather than creating what is needed. Well, you know, and that's one thing I always appreciated about RIDs, um, having the individual study Mm -hmm. that you can do for a CEU. You can create your own project that you can learn from. And I think that that's that's an option that a lot of people don't realize they can take Yeah. rather than going to, you know, sitting through some workshop that's not really interesting to them. You can come up with your own project and really work at something that's going to benefit you Yeah. and have that count for, for your CEUs. Yeah. Your continuing education units. So what advice would you give to new teachers or trainers? of interpreters oh be patient be patient remember that everybody that comes into your room they're coming from a totally different perspective than than you are Mm -hmm. just understand that the way that we that we learn may not be the way that they learn Mm -hmm. 
And so we've got to be patient in trying to figure out how to reach each student, which sometimes is exhausting mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because because you have so many different students and it'd be nice to do the cookie cutter approach to everybody, but you just can't always do that. Yeah. But to be patient with them and try to try to get a sense of where they're coming from mm-hmm. when you're dealing with them. Being patient, I think is really important. Yeah. Did you have to deal with a lot of students based on, their reason for getting into the profession? Not a lot. I I think that some of um, the work of learning to interpret sometimes weeds those people out. Mm. The ones who are in there for the wrong reason, they'll, they'll usually end up going, well, this is way too much work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but every now and then, I think there were a few people that I had to talk to and say, yeah, you know, I think I think you're approaching this from the wrong direction. You know, it's it's got to be about the work. It's not about you. Yeah. For some people, that's that was difficult because mm-hmm. they wanted it to be about them. Oh, I'm in this position, and those are the people that are, you know, the people like the. Oh, what was that? Shoot, now I can't remember his name. Mandela. Oh yeah, Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Yes, that interpreter. Yeah. You know, that's just making up stuff. Those kind of people, you have to talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) So be patient with all of these. Be blunt with these. We're not doing this for the right reason. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a a very insightful question because I think in any of the people professions, Mm -hmm. you've got to be in it for the right reason. Yeah. Because otherwise, the work suffers. Yeah. It's kind of hard for a university system to to say goodbye to someone just because they have the wrong attitude. Right. Can the national testing, can that weed those people out? Or that would be the same problem, I would think. I think so, too, unless there's something. You know, it used to be that we did an interview. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in that interview... You can catch things yeah. like that. You can you can catch a paternalistic attitude mm-hmm. or that benefactor attitude. Yeah. But you can't on a written test usually through an interview. Sometimes you can you can catch that and give them a really low score on part of that. Yeah. Maybe help, but yeah, it's pretty hard to do. And unfortunately, then it has to be the profession or the deaf community that takes care of that a lot of times they will they will yeah a big thank you to everyone who shares this podcast with a colleague and friend if you want to support the show even more check out the show notes for links to buy me a coffee because it's very embarrassing to fall asleep during an interview thank you let's go back in your experience how do you handle it when you have a team with you, but they're not actually there with you when you need them for support. How do you get through that moment? I listened to that one that you talked about, the knitting lady or the knitting person. Oh, did you know who it was? <laughs> no. Okay. Whew. I was I was thinking while I was saying that, I'm like, hope nobody recognizes it. <laughs> I hope they don't. Oh my um, goodness. 
that that's a true story. That's and and, and amazing, isn't it? Uh, it? You just think, yeah. what in the world? Yeah. Well, and there was seems like there was a, a little time period, and I'm sure it still happens, but I remember there being a time frame where people thought that that time that you're off meant you're off. Yeah. And so they were reading the newspaper, they were knitting, they're doing all kinds of things, or just getting up and leaving for 20 minutes and then coming back. And I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> you know, and we ended up having to kind of address that mm-hmm. at different workshops. We did just started having team interpreting workshops to say, mm-hmm. you're a team. You're a team. Nobody's going to want to pay for two interpreters if one of you just gets up and leaves. That's just yeah crazy craziness but i did at one point it happened to me they weren't um, knitting thank goodness but had a team who wasn't being helpful helpful at all and when we had a break i just talked to him for a little bit and said i don't know what you're thinking of as a team but i was really expecting to get some help you know so if if i look at you that means I need something. So if you're paying attention, that's going to be, and I'll do the same for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be paying attention so that if you need something, if there's something that just you weren't able to hear at the moment or whatever, I'll be glad to help you with. And it didn't help a whole lot yeah, because they were not into that. You know, so I, I never teamed with them again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one I think when you have that option and you can say, oh, who's, who's my team? No, thank you. Yeah. That's a privilege that most interpreters have, and some, sadly, still don't have that privilege to be able to not work with someone they don't work well with. So in the earlier days, was team interpreting a thing? No. We used to work like dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no joke. We would interpret all day long by ourselves. Wow. Having a team interpreter was like unheard of. Yeah. So once we finally started doing that, it was like, oh, wow, what a treat to be able to sit down for a minute. Mm -hmm. Even though you're still helping and you're still working. Yeah. You at least get to be off. Yeah. Yeah. How did that occur? Was that what you were talking about is how you, you started having workshops to teach how to do that? Well, and I think that RID came out with a standard practice paper. Okay. You know, they used to have those standard practice papers. And they came up with, if you're working over two hours, you should have a team interpreter. And and they did that, you know, based on research and Mm -hmm. how long your brain can keep thinking. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine by the end of the day? Yeah. By the end of the day, what you're producing had to have been junk. Now, that was a great development in our field. Yeah. Did you work with any deaf interpreters back then? No. Unfortunately, that wasn't a thing. You know, and there was RID had the, it was called the RSC, the Reverse Interpreting Certificate, Mm -hmm. or Reverse Skills Certificate. And it was mostly deaf people who got that. Yeah. And they got that because they thought there would be an opportunity to work. But back then... There just there weren't many opportunities. Nobody wanted to pay an interpreter, much less pay for two. Yeah. So I'm sure there were some some places that realized that that was a need and and would do that, but it wasn't common practice at all. 
to a lot of those deaf people who had worked to get the RSC ended up letting it go because they never got to work. Yeah. Okay. Well, Joni, it's been great seeing you. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Good to see you. Great fun. Sometimes you just get the giggles and you can't stop laughing. (laughs) Everything becomes funny when you're with the right people. It's just a wonderful bond that we have as sign language interpreters when we find the right people that surround us and give us that support and that knowing look, understanding our struggles and our successes. But as Joni said, let's try not to compare ourselves to others. In her quote by Sharon Newman Solo, that if we compare, it makes us feel like pieces and parts. We need to look at the whole picture. Each of us are individuals from different backgrounds, different perspectives, different states of being and well-being at that moment. When we compare, it's almost always a negative towards ourselves. That's why we continue our education, to develop as a person, as a personality, as an individual. Yes, you can quit this profession if that's what's best for you, but we should never quit developing and growing no matter how experienced we are. When you're working with another, whether you're teaching them, mentoring them, coaching them, or just supporting them as another interpreter, remember Joni's advice. Be patient, because we should never step in someone else's shoes. We should be ourselves, pleasantly be ourselves, and understand that they are who they are. So be patient, walk with them, but not as them. All of the negative things we see and hear and try to avoid in our communities, those negative things will go away. People will see them for what they are. Those bad attitudes, the wrong reasons, those will fade. People like working with pleasant people. Support one another as best we can. And as always, keep calm, keep pleasantly interpreting as you. I'll see you next week. Take care now. From your archaic... No, wait. (laughs) From your... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, We can say those jokes as we get older. Anyway. um... Yes, you can. can. If you were 15, you couldn't say that. (laughs)